What's going on, guys? And welcome to the Modeling Empowered Narratives Podcast. I am your co-host, Jordan Flowers, and we are back for another episode of Season 3, Season of Separation. And we got a special guest in the building. But before I introduce him, I got to give you his accolades. I want to say 2018, Nebraska Gatorade Player of the Year, 25 points per game. 40? 40% from the three. That Hey, you were strapped up that year. Guard at Creighton University. Before you went there, you played at one of the more prominent um, high schools in Sunrise down in Wichita, Kansas. Um, 2020 Big East champion as well. And then now, new Ohio University point guard Sharif Mitchell is in the building. Thank you for being here, bro. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, bro. I'm excited to be on here. Excited, bro. We were, we've were we been talking about this for a minute as well, bro, just making this happen. So things was aligning. And this was the perfect in terms of like the season and just the theme of the season and how we were going about this. I'm like... He got to be on the podcast, and obviously our friendship, um, it, it made it more accessible to exactly. be on here. So thank you again for being here. But before we get into the interview, when I name off those accolades and those accomplishments that you've been able to have, what's the the feeling or the thoughts that come to mind hearing all that you've done in a five to six month or five to six year span of playing basketball? I think it's a blessing uh, in general. Uh, I think God has blessed me throughout my journey in life. Uh, you know, having great support system, mm-hmm. my mom, dad, and brothers, obviously, uh, and then the right people around me, like, you know, you, you've been in my life for a while, and just, like, good friends and good people, you know, who trying to uh, go to the same goals that I got, you know, having friends around you like that make it easy to do stuff like that, and so I think uh, through glory of God and, you know, God having the people around me in my life uh, show me that, uh, you know, it's a good feeling, obviously, and it's something that, uh, I worked hard for, Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, at the same time, I got bigger things and bigger goals that I still want to achieve through this journey, and so, you know, I just got to take it one step at a time, so, you know, those are good, but, you know, I'm still trying to get more, yeah, still Still on the grind. grind. That slow grind, so, when I was thinking about a theme for this episode, it's like, what's the perfect theme, and I came up with something, and it was continuing the story, right, continuing the story, just, Understanding, we'll get into this in a later in the interview, but it's perfectly fitting for what's going on in terms of this is a transition moment for you, right? Um, and a, not only on the basketball side, but in your life as well. Um, but before we get into that, before you can continue the story, you got to know the origin of the story, right? And the origin is something that we share in common, and that's where we grew up, and that's North Omaha. So tell us a little bit about, you know, for the viewers and the listeners that didn't grow up in North Omaha or may not be, you know, know what it's like to grow up, what's it like to be from that community, um, and how you navigate it, and potentially how much it's impacted you growing up in the north north side of the city. Uh, yeah, uh, North Omaha is a special place to me. Um, like I said, um, meeting people like Jordan throughout uh, life and the journey. And uh, North Omaha, you know, it really wasn't easy, uh, if I'm being honest. Uh, you know, there's a lot of hardships uh, going on through the city. You know, it could be a lot going on, such as crime, violence, 
stuff like that. You know, it's such a small community that, uh, you know, we know a lot of those people who probably involved in stuff like that. You know, we grew up with them going to, uh, like, Boys and Girls Club and Jesuit yeah. and, like, school and stuff like that. And so um, I think when you, like, grow up with the people that you see kind of involved with stuff like that, I think it could be hard because uh, you could kind of see yourself easily in that picture. Um, you know, Omaha is a small city. Not a lot of people even know about Omaha or even Nebraska people, you know, every time we go out of town, somebody asks what is Omaha or what's what Nebraska, or whatever, <laughs> something yep. like that. So, you know, off rip, it's not easy uh, getting it, getting out the mud out of here. Yep. And so, you know, I think you really um, got to really be disciplined and determined about what you want to do. And I think uh, coming out of North Omaha, I think it's really taught me that. And I think, uh, you know, all the hardships that we talk about, all the things that we've seen, been through, um, I think it has prepared us for what we uh, want to do today. What we getting at today, and and that's the f- the perfect way of explaining it too. Because you know, first and foremost, like when we go out of town, you already know the first question is not only is it black people in Nebraska. I didn't even know it's black people in Omaha, bro. <laughs> but I get it all the time, literally all the time. I'm pretty sure you get it all the time, no, facts, like, yeah. potentially on the AAU circuit, bro. That mm-hmm. was that was tough, yeah, bro. They yeah. like, but these boys, they thought we were sweet, bro. You know, for real. But um. Like you said, being from the north side, it, you know, there's a pride coming from that. Um, one of the cool things that I got to see, one of our boys that we just ran into, and he went to high school with me, John Tanjay, mm-hmm. just transferred over to Mizzou. Shout out to my guy. And it was a cool thing to see on his nameplate. Um, he had posted on his Instagram. Instead of having Omaha, Nebraska, he put North Omaha, Nebraska. And I think that was the – he's the, the epitome of – being able to embrace where you come from Facts. and and to have a pride in that. And like you said, it is hardships, bro. I've, we've lost so many people to gun violence. We've lost so many people to, you know, the streets. We lost so many people to, you know, a bunch of circumstances. And it's a tough place to navigate. So when I when I talk about North Omaha, bro, it's like any inner city. Mm-hmm. And I know it because it seems like it's not because we in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's truly a lot of hardships that go on and on our side of town. But. And you said being able to have a plan and being able to stick with it and have the right support system is really, really important. But sticking on that theme of, you know, making it out of your environment, like, and the things that, you know, being able to create a support system, not even create a support system, but the support system that you even come in with. And that's your family. And one of the biggest pieces of support for you was your grandmother, Marie Mitchell. Um, and we've reached out and I've reached out and we've talked about it. And, and if you know you, you know how much she meant to you. So I want you to explain to a little bit to our listeners what Marie Mitchell and her life and what she was able to teach and instill in you, mm-hmm. how you carry that and, and what what part and role does she play in making Sharif who he is today? Um, always like, like you said, if you know me, you know my grandma is like really like a second mother to me. Um, she taught me, um, everything I needed to know up until she passed away. Um, you know, how to be, how to be disciplined, um, through life, you know, uh, I think she always knew like basketball was a goal of mine. And so, you know, navigating my way through life and, you know, having the, uh, things, uh, doing the things that's right versus doing the things that's wrong. Um, knowing that, and then, uh, just always, um, having faith in God and putting God through everything, uh, in life, um, through the highs, through the lows, um, just having God, acknowledging him for all that he's done. Um, I think one thing that she's taught me is that, like, um, how God really um, brings 
things to, in life for like for you to like understand it as a, like a perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I think bad things, like difficult things, happen in life to make you closer to him, and I think good things happen in life to make you closer to him. And I think um, that's just something she always instilled in me. Um, it's just you know giving everything to God through uh, through all the ups and downs in life, and you know I always carry that with me. Um, till this day, and uh, I think that's something that she always instilled in me, and she's always been a role model of mine. And so, uh, you know, trying to look like be in the footsteps of her is something that I really try to pride myself on. Absolutely, and it's just something about them grandmothers as well. Like, you know, they always say on Twitter, like, grandmothers should never die, man. Like, yeah. they should be around forever, bro. I empathize with you, and I remember um, you were going through a tough time a couple months ago, and you were posting, and I understand that grieving process as well because I lost my grandmother during my college year as well and how much i mean our stories align so similarly because she instilled my faith in me in terms of you know having a higher faith with god and the connection that we had mm-hmm. and it strengthened me and so it is a tough thing when you grieve and it's not like a healing process where oh like i'm never going to be hurt or upset about it because that's a person that's really important for you but it is a, a, a cool experience and uh, not even a cool experience, but it's a privilege that we got to be around strong women that not only saw something beneficial for us and ourselves, but also saw that God was working his ways through us as well. So that's really, really cool to hear. I do want to shift a little bit to the sports side of you for a second. So after dominating high school, um, you were doing, well, you was doing damage in high school. Let's call it spade is fade, bro. I'm going to be here to talk you up, bro. <laughs> doing damage at Omaha Burke, bro. Yeah, you was doing damage. But after dominating high school, bro, you went to do um, a, a postseason at um, Sunrise. And obviously that's a premier program. And then after that, you, you know, we, we were talking about the ups and downs. And I think that's the thing or the theme of when we talk about the Sharif experience, maybe at Creighton mm-hmm. as well. And not even just the basketball side, but the personal side, but sticking on the basketball side of things, when you, when you came back home and you committed to Creighton, there is a lot of elation from the community in terms of like, man, we getting our boy back. He about to put on for the city. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure you felt that. Like that's yeah. you wanted to be mm-hmm. in that environment. One of the things, though, too, is you understand is that over the course of time, people's perception of you mm-hmm. might change or how they view you and what they thought you were supposed to be. So tell us a little bit about did you at any point feel any pressure from the city, from the people you knew? Cause it is a lot of pressure playing at home, bro. Mm-hmm. It is. Did you feel any of that pressure feeling, you know, playing here at, at Creighton and how did you go about navigating that and not seeping into, you know, and letting that affect, you know, playing your game? Um, I think uh, when I first arrived from sunrise to Creighton, uh, I really did feel like it was all the pressure in the world, honestly. Uh, when you think about um, Justin mm-hmm. and Taz, two North Thomas. North Omaha legends went to legends. went to the NBA, you know, and you know, I think after that, I was, think I was the next one up in the Omaha North mm-hmm. Omaha, and so and you know, when you got two uh, North Omaha kids who just went to the NBA draft, you know, you want to uh, ne- not necessarily like you got to live up to it, but you know, you want to put your name out there, like you want to be known that you here too, you like want to have your name known, and so. Um, you know, I felt that pressure in a sense. Um, I wanted to be great here at Omaha um, in front of friends and family. Just wanted to, you know, be the best version of myself here. And um, I did feel that pressure. And uh, I even think freshman year throughout the process, um, when I first was playing, I just, like, felt all the pressure in the world. Like, when I was out there heart racing, 
Uh, just didn't really know, uh, even know what to do as far as dribble, pass, or shoot out there. It was just uh, my mind was going through every every phase out there. And so um, I would say the pressure definitely got to me my freshman year. Um, but I think as season goes on, as you get accustomed to just being out there, being with the team, and you know, uh, I think the guys obviously out there try to uh, help me as a freshman, calm down my nerves. And I think as I went on through um, my Creighton career, the pressure lessened and lessened. And so mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, as I just went out through my career, um, you know, it's not really about everyone else in a sense. And I think uh, not trying to satisfy everyone is how that kind of helped me kind of minimize that pressure and feeling that way. Absolutely. And I think, you know, people going to always perceive you to be a certain type of way or what they think you should be doing or whatever the case may be. That's just a, a thing of life. And that's one of the things that we talk about on the podcast a lot. And, like, obviously they people knew our relationship. So, you know, I'm a, that's my boy, bro. I'm always going to post you and the things that you was doing. Um, but, you know, coming from the, you know, playing in that city, in the city bro, it, it's tough. And I can't even sit here and talk about it because I haven't experienced it. But the people, you know, when you go out and watch other people that play in their city, bro, like, yeah, it's cool to play in front of your family. Like, you love, that's what you dream about, mm-hmm. your family, all your family being able to be there, bro. But exactly. Also, you know the the pressures of your friends, the people you grew up with, bro. Like they all got think that they know what you should be doing out there mm-hmm. on the court and how you should go go about it mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I can only imagine, bro, and I can only sympathize with you, bro, because I can. That's so hard, and even for you know, as your friend, like that was hard for me to hear when you was kind of going through your ups and downs. Um, to hear some of the things like people like trying to turn on you or stuff like that, and obviously I know you you got a mental fortitude and you you're good enough with yourself to know like yeah that kind of affects you sometimes, but you get back to the to the point. Exactly. But it is some like you said it is some some pressure with playing back at home, and but you've been able to navigate that. But I want to stick on the the theme of pressure and adversity because not only you know at your time at Creighton you again you 2020 y'all won the championship. Um, that's a great program what Coach Mack has been able to build there. Um, but there's two things that in terms of when I point to, when I think about uh, Sharif Mitchell's Creighton career, it was the injury to your growing. Um, and as a person that, that went through a leg injury, um, that was, you know, with tearing my hamstring, I understand, bro. Like you can't play sports without your legs, bro. Like they gotta be right. And particularly with you, bro, like, you talking about your growing. I don't think people know like the physiological yeah. stuff. Or you can't slide, yeah. cut. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember even watching your game, your first game back against Nebraska. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember watching that game, and you. I remember you had that that nice little turnaround like mm-hmm. jumper, bro. Yeah. I was like, oh, he looked good. And I went. I seen you kind of start to favor it. Mm-hmm. Take us back um, to that injury, bro, and and how hard. What was the mental like in terms of how did how did you deal with that? Mm-hmm. I I even take this back into um that 2021 season where um it was COVID year and we was um in the bubble and we made it to our first six, first Sweet 16 in uh, Creighton history mm-hmm. and uh you know go, coming from that uh, I played really well in that um and that was something that I looked upon as uh, taking a step forward to and so going from that um, March run into kind of um kind of into that summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just it was just a rough path. Um, you know, obviously started off with the mother, the death of my grandmother. Um, that made it difficult um, to begin with. And then actually three weeks bef- uh, prior to that, um, I was having foot problems, and I later ended up having um, a stress fracture in my foot yeah, before my groin injury. 
And so uh, even just coming back from like those mental hurdles and um, and then uh, learning to hear about my groin uh, literally a month after I just got back cleared from my foot, um, it was just all hard. It was very difficult, um, especially around that team that we had coming in that year and the expectation. Um, everyone was young. We had a lot of freshmen and transfers. Um, and so I was looked upon to be as a leader because I was the one who kind of was accustomed to how uh, things was going at Creighton. Um, I've been there for the longest. I was kind of looked upon as the vet. And so kind of not having that um, year there to where I could have probably shown my leadership, um, shown that I belong there and not really um, have that opportunity that I would always like, you know, look forward to as a collegiate athlete. Um, it was it was tough. It was hard. Um, I just every day you just wish that you could have done something in the past to, you know, figure out how you could avoid the injury. Um but like we talk about, um, you got you got to move forward. You got to you know move on to the next step. And I think uh, at that point in time, uh, I had to either decide uh, I could keep being down on myself, mm-hmm. or I could turn this around and f- shift my mental and you know try to come back uh, stronger than ever. And uh, I think when I uh, was going through all that, I just uh, you know knew I had um, came too far. Uh, you know. It's, it's obstacles through the grind, through the journey. And I think uh, how you um, go about it is uh, what, it's, what it's all about. And I think, uh, you know, getting up, uh, you know, you know how it is with the rehab process. That The rehab process is tough. A little. Um, so, so really just um, taking it day by day with the rehab process, um, having that faith in God and just knowing that brighter days is going to come is really what uh, got me through that phase. And, uh, you know, it, it got me to where I am today. Absolutely. And I think people don't understand, like, particularly when it comes to, like, college basketball, like, that rehab process is, call a spade a spade, bro. It could be a bitch, man. And I, I not to cuss, but yeah, that's my no. first, that's my one and only cuss word for the day, bro. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but uh, that's the crazy thing, bro, that people don't understand. Like, it's not even really particularly the injury because you are, when you're an athlete in college, bro, they, Depending on your training staff, but I imagine y'all have a really great exactly, training staff yeah. at Creighton. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get right physically, exactly, and yeah. you got that push to want to get back out on the court. Mm-hmm. So that's not even a thing. Like, even for me, bro, on my injury, bro, like, taking two years off of football, exactly. bro, two years off of anything yeah, was hard. That, yeah. And for you, bro, like, battling back-to-back injuries like that, I mean, that's a super tough mental battle that people, I think, don't understand when you playing at a high level, bro. Like, it's not even really particularly the injury. It's like, you get that self-doubt start to creep in too. Like, exactly. am I going to be able to play the same way that I played? Mm-hmm. Am I going, you, you, and then again, like a, a dynamic sport like basketball where you stop starting, cutting, like there's so many like herky-jerk moves mm-hmm. that you're making and you got a leg injury and a foot injury, bro. Exactly. Like you start to second guess yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call it for what it is. So mm-hmm. it is a super hard mental battle. And then you look timid, you feel timid, you don't feel like you're playing your game. So exactly. I, I tell people all the time, bro, like going through an injury, like, yeah, it's like, it, every, you know, they say everything in life is mental, which it is. But particularly when it comes to that injury, bro, like you're going to get back right if you got the people around you to get you back right. You might not be your full self, mm-hmm. but you're going to get to where you can play again. But it's just the mental side of it, bro. Like the grind just to get back to where you was, bro. Mm -hmm. Like there's a grind, not even to get better, just to get back Mm -hmm. to who you was, bro. So I tell people all the time, bro, that injury, that ain't no joke to be playing with. So it's not. uh, Another thing that, you know, going through Creighton, like I said, the first thing was in terms of the adversity for you was the injury. But the other thing is Sharif had to reinvent himself. 
And I say that from the standpoint of uh, one of your athletes when, it, when we started talking off was 25 points a game and 40% from and Gatorade play of the year. We know Reef as when I when we grow up and you if you know Reef bro like that boy's a scorer mm-hmm. like he wanted them ones bro he get into the bucket he didn't get into the cup and it's not an indictment on you what it is is people not understanding that in college basketball in particular not you know because we we play college sports but college basketball for real for real there's a system mm-hmm. there's a role that you have to buy into in the NBA there's roles I think of the other day bro I was watching the Kavon Looney. Like mm-hmm. mixtape, yeah. People don't know he was playing it's, like it's, that in high school because yeah, he yeah. had to buy into a role exactly. at Golden State, bro. Mm-hmm. And so, tell us a little bit about you know accepting that role, especially like Creighton, like where it's, it is a system. And there, don't get me wrong, it's a very successful system. Mm-hmm. But you got known for Refense. That was the mm-hmm. big thing. Refense yeah. was the thing. But up until that point, we known Reef as a as an elite scorer. And yeah, you could, you were still scoring, but mm-hmm. your moniker and getting on the court and doing the things you do was known on the defensive end. So tell us when that, what went into the process, what was the difficulties in reinventing yourself when you got to Creighton? Oh uh, yeah, it was very difficult. Uh, as a going in as a freshman, uh, playing on a team like Creighton, uh, I think all you want to do at that point is just get on the floor. Uh, mm-hmm. and no matter what was defense, uh, Offense, whatever rebounding, whatever you got to do to get on the court. That's what that that was my thought process. I'm gonna do whatever I gotta do, and you know I think one thing I knew I could sit out with was like my uh my like how fast I am and my speed, mm-hmm. and then uh you know obviously having that want to that want to play defense. Um, I think that was something that I knew that was gonna separate me from everyone else. And I think when I first got there, uh, I set the tone as far as that, and uh. I think uh, you know Marcus Zagorowski. Yeah. Um, he was going through an injury. Uh, he was going through an injury around my freshman year summer. So I think him kind of being out and then and then him just kind of talking to me, being that leader. Uh, you know, just uh, really giving me good um, advice in my ear. I think it was really something that helped me out throughout the summer um, to really uh, buy into the team and buy into a role. And uh, I knew kind of when he was coming back anyway, like he was kind of going to be that starting point guard. Right. So kind of just finding, uh, like I said, a way to find myself in that rotation, get on the court, and uh, do anything possible, really, just to get my name out there. And uh, I knew defense was something that uh, separated me from um, everyone else. And uh, I think uh, when the first game started, um, literally until, you know, I, I stopped playing that crate. And uh, right. that's all. I just knew that's something that was going to get me on the court. And so that's something I had to buy into. And it was, and it was tough. It was tough. Uh, I remember my freshman year, like like that self doubt you talked about. I had right. a lot of self doubt. Didn't think I belonged. Uh, thought like I just thought like everyone was probably better than me, or maybe like I just chose the wrong school. Um, and it it was tough. It was hard. Um, going from Gatorade Player of the Year. Um, even at Sunrise, I had a pretty good Sunrise career. Yeah, 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 um, and then just going into something like that. Um, it was it was hard. Um, but it was something that, like we talk about, you got to respond to it. You got to find a way and adjust. And I think that's something um, in college, as a college athlete, you just got to learn to adjust and, you know, find your role, find your, like what Patrick Beverly said in a video where I seen um, on Ball's Life, he said, find your role, find your niche. And I think that's even something in college you just have to buy into if you want to uh, see the court. And that's something that I have to do. Yeah, man, and that's the thing, bro, it's particularly, like I said, about basketball, because, I mean, I can't empathize with you in terms of, like, college sports, because I play QB, so, like, 
all the pressure on the QB, bro, to make the plays and stuff like that. You got to know everything. Mm-hmm. But, but when it comes to basketball, like, not only, you know, when you they give you the whole set, this feel of, which it is true, but, like, everybody was the man at their school in high school, bro. So you mm-hmm. coming to be just a man exactly. amongst a, a bunch of other dudes that was yeah. one of them as well in high mm-hmm. school, bro. So that could only be a, a tough spot to be in, bro, and to reinvent yourself because all you've known for that amount of time is this the one gate the one way of you know playing the, the sport exactly, i love bro exactly. it's getting to the cup and it, i mean the name of the game is buckets but mm-hmm. like you said to get on the floor bro, that's the most that's the most important thing mm-hmm. and i think throughout even the nba bro when you watch nba um teams you watch um college basketball teams particularly why i hang on the college basketball thing is because it's it's not the same as nba like you could uh, get uh, off yeah. in the nba bro Definitely. if you got a good iso game mm-hmm. College basketball, like you ain't seeing too many twenty point per exactly. game scores, yeah, exactly. bro. You're seeing exactly. a lot of fifteen. Per t- you know my my favorite exactly. team yeah, is, yeah. College, is yeah. uh, uh, Carolina, bro. Mm-hmm. So everybody, I remember like a couple years ago, like everybody on Carolina team is 15, 16, 13, mm-hmm. 12, 8, 8. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So I don't. I know there's these people out here that's just looking at stats, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, that's not the whole game. And you you got to understand, you giving up a lot of what you was used exactly. to. Exactly. And everybody exactly. is, bro. It's mm-hmm. not just, you know, Reef, but particularly with you, bro. Like, I know it was like a full 360 or a 180 mm-hmm. yeah. in terms of having to, to do something different, bro. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you was able to adjust. Now, I want to kind of go a little bit lighthearted with this next question, bro, because we've been hammering a little bit tough. <laughs> I need to know. What was your welcome to college basketball moment, bro? Like, the mo- it could have been a practice. It could have been a play. It could have been a game. What was the moment you was like, oh, we really here, dog? Like, for real? Oh, man. All right, bro. So, um, so it's like summer. It's like summer. Or is it summer? It's either summer or, like, August, September. Like, the beginning of, like, kind of uh, preseason, uh, freshman year. Right. And so... We had a, this is like kind of beginning of like practice, so this is like the real deal, like playing no games. We getting ready for game time, right? And so I don't know what happened. We we doing like a lot. We doing like live scrimmaging. And all I remember is I got the ball and I come off a ball screen. You know, like like you said, bro. In uh, high school, like all I know is like scoring. So yeah, I'm thinking like at that time I'm shooting a pull up jump, like a normal pull up jump shot, bro. Right. I shoot a pull up jump shot. I miss. Mac Mac stopped the whole practice. He stops the whole practice. Excuse my language, but you good. But he was like, he was like, what in the fuck was was that? Like, what what was that? And I was like, I even know, I even know what to say, bro. I'm just like, I, I like, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm just shooting, but I was wide open, <laughs> right? And he was like, so he was like, you and you got. Tyshawn Alexander, you know Tyshawn. He's yep. Like, he's like, you got Mitch Ballack right here. Sniper. Sniper. And he's like, and you want to shoot that shot? He's like, and you want to shoot that? Bro, st- like stopping the whole practice, talk, like <laughs> talking to me, everyone looking at me. He was like, he was like, he told me go on the other court and do it down and, and do it down and back, bro. I was, I was like, yeah, dog. I was like. You really here? Bro, I don't think I <laughs> shot a ball for like. A week, like a week within practice, bro. After that, bro, I was like, "Yeah, dog." Oh I my was like, goodness! And so, yeah, bro, just like when we talk about, bro, reinventing yourself and stuff like that, bro. It's just college is tough, bro. It's, Absolutely, it's a grind. 
And like, what's so funny? First off, Coach Mack, and I don't know, but he's a great coach. Yeah. Uh, but he he's, he kind of reminds me just in that story of like that sound like hollering for us, like in high school. Oh my God, bro, uh, bro! I have so many hollering stories. Maybe we can get him on a podcast. I'm gonna have to hit him up, bro. I'm gonna have to hit him up, bro. But I remember like one. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I have, like, a – I do have a welcome to college football moment for sure. Um, I <laughs> it's kind of messed up, man, because I love this coach a lot, bro. This is my guy. But, like, like excuse my language, but if you know college football, you got to have touch skin, bro. Playing football, yeah. you got to just have touch skin. And mm-hmm. I was, we got coach hard our whole lives, no matter what sports you play, bro. Mm-hmm. So I remember, bro, like, mind you, I had tore my hamstring. I didn't know it was torn, though, for, like, the last – I think I had toured it right before I went down for a camp or whatever. So, so it's fall camp again. Mm-hmm. Just got down there, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I tell my coach, like, I try to run a 40, but I my thing was, like, pretty, like, bruised up. And what's so ironically, bro, just to take a step back on the story, is it actually happened, uh, I want to say six or seven years ago from Monday. Because mm-hmm. it was on Ramsey's birthday. Mm-hmm. I remember doing my balloon releasing, and I went to the, I wasn't stretching. Trying to race my boy, snap my thing. Now yeah. y'all know the truth now, because I was kind of, I ain't really tell nobody how it really happened the first time. But, bro, I remember going down there, bro, and I was trying to run my 40. I'm like, bro, I cannot run. Like, I'm exactly. barely walking, yeah. bro. So my coach, uh, my coach, Coach Mack at the time, uh, great, like, great office of mine. Like, he was probably the best coach in terms of, like, schematics mm-hmm. that I had, and he was just the OC at Tulane, bro. Okay. Did a great job out there. And, uh, bro, so I remember my first practice, like, I couldn't practice. And, mind you, I'm on scholarship to play quarterback, and a quarterback just uh, left. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garrett, he just had an All-American season. Mm-hmm. So everything was on the table in terms of everybody competing. Exactly. So I'm thinking I'm about to come in and compete, bro. The, yeah. the job is, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But I hurt at this yeah, point. exactly. I'm sick about it, bro. So I remember going up to them. Now, mind you, bro, this is my first college practice, bro. Like, And I ain't, I ain't, I ain't able to practice, so I mm-hmm. go up to him. He didn't know. I'm like, yeah, coach, I ain't gonna be able to practice today. He was like, oh, why? I'm like, man, like I ran my 40, and like he was like, oh, it's no better. Like he was like, uh, what did he say to me? He was like, oh, it's not no better. I'm like, nah, man, it's like it's hurt, bro, for real. Like I <laughs> yeah. think something's seriously wrong. So like, oh, okay, cool, bro. So he blows the whistle, bro. True story, man. I love him, so don't take this yeah. for granted, bro. Like this, it's funny now, but in the moment it hurt. Blows the whistle, bro. He brings like the whole team over. It was like, I want you to know our freshman quarterback, Jordan Flowers, is not participating today because uh, he's being soft. He didn't use that word. I, I ain't going to put the word, but he called me. Yeah. <laughs> bro, he really called me something different, bro. And, bro, that was my moment. I'm like, yo, bro, like, my feelings was really <laughs> No. <laughs> I'm like, I'm really hurt, dog. And thing is, with football, y'all got, like, what, 50 players? like on Bro, we got 100. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro, 100, bro. Yeah, bro. They brought so the whole – he was like, everybody give Jordan a hug, bro. I was so <laughs> – I was so humiliated, bro. I was like, bro, ain't no way. Bro, I had to call my mom. <laughs> I'm ready to come home, man. <laughs> hey, I'm ready to come home, bro. I'm cool on nah, this, bro. Sick, bro. But that's a – that was a great story, you know what I'm saying? We laugh about it now, but uh, end up, you know – Testing and my, I actually did tear it, but that's mm-hmm. always a funny story I like to talk. But I want to get back into a little bit. We were, you know, and revisit the pressure thing. We talked a little bit about the pressure from the community, mm-hmm. but I never think I really asked you. But we have something else in common is that our, our fathers were great at the sport, and even to pay homage to your grandfather who was great at the sport as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, particularly our fathers was great. Um, 
in the sports that we play, mine in football, playing in Nebraska, was an All-American and, and did all the things that he did and was a local legend here. Your dad playing at Sensi, we all heard the stories about what, when they beat Duke. Yeah. Wow, that one is ingrained in my yeah, brain, bro. Me too. And great, great basketball player. But, you know, with, with that, bro, there's a lot of expectations that maybe other maybe not he puts on you, but other people put on you to follow in the footsteps and be, if not just as good, even better mm-hmm. than than who your dad is. So I wanted to know, bro, did that pressure, did the, the pressure or the expectation of following in your dad's footsteps, did that ever weigh on you? Or how did you did how did you feel knowing, you know, all those things was gonna be placed upon you mm-hmm. at a young age? Yeah, I think uh, even like you said, from the start, from a young age, uh, everyone I felt like everyone knew my dad. Uh, I was talking about how good he was, what he did, like in the past, and this and that. And uh, it was at first, uh, I was just like annoyed of it, like just like bro, like I always here, like y'all just like dragging it out, right? You know, you know how I be when you hit kid, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Just like you just hear it too much, you know. Then I feel like when I really started to get to like seventh to eighth grade, like they would just like continue talking about it and be like, like. I don't know if you're going to be as good as him and, like, stuff like that. And they were just saying, like, how, like, just good he was and, like, what he did at Burke, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I knew uh, and I knew going into, like, eighth grade, I knew I was going to Burke because Darnell just transferred from prep to Burke. Yep. And so uh, I just knew, like, kind of, like, going into Burke, I just wanted to be better than him. I just knew I wanted to, you know, try to at least, you know, put my name out there kind of, like, similar to his. And I feel like in high school, uh, I did kind of feel that pressure, uh, especially uh, starting off in high school. I played JV. I didn't even suit up varsity or nothing, straight JV. And so uh, starting off with that, I was just like, man, like I'm off to like a rough start. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I ain't, I'm definitely not about to, you know, get my name out here like he is, you know. And then uh, but I think him with him, I think he wanted me to kind of, you know, obviously kind of be better than him as a father. I feel like that's what you always kind of want to see your children to take that next step, the step that they probably couldn't take. Right. And so I think even throughout that whole journey, uh, he was just always being real with me about the, uh, about the process and how everything would go. And I think he was, uh, I think he was, uh, op- I think he knew like people would probably, you know, bring the pressures on, but at mm-hmm. the same time, like you can't, can't really uh, buy into the outside. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to uh, only listen to with, what's within. So within your circle, and I think that's something my dad always did a good job of, uh, and I think the pressures uh, really didn't even phase me towards uh, my high school career as I was going and going because I think he just did a good job, kind of blocking that and not really letting that affect me for real. Absolutely, and I asked you that, bro, because that's I don't think we've ever talked about that, but that was and I had to have an honest. That was the first time, maybe a, maybe a year ago, I had to have an honest conversation when I retired from football. My pop, with my pops, and tell him like, like he never. What's so crazy about my pops, bro, is like, quite frankly, he didn't really want me to play the sport of football, bro. Like mm-hmm. it's brutal, and he used to watch me get beat up like mm-hmm. early on. So, I remember one game, bro. Like I was getting like beat up, and he was like, bro, I I don't want you playing this. So, but I think when you somebody's son, that somebody's great, no matter what your dad wants from you, want that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You want to yeah. be as great as him. Mm-hmm. And I remember like. That way heavily on me in high school, bro. Um, mm-hmm. That way heavily on me in college, bro. To know all the things that he accomplished and like, call a spade a spade, bro. Like him being an All American, bro. The bar was high for me. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And I felt in a lot of ways, bro. Even though I had a great 
know, high school career and, you know, got a great scholarship to go to, to play where I played, like, I still felt like a failure, bro. Mm-hmm. And it's not even because he thought that, bro. It was mm-hmm. just, like, you wanted to be better than him, mm-hmm. bro. And I remember, like, the outside pressure had got to me in this one moment, bro. And uh, I won't say the sports reporter's name, bro, because I'm not going to do all that because yeah, we're not yeah. in the bash on people yeah, here. Yeah. But it was a sports reporter. And anything a good or bad I did, bro, I was always going to be attached to him. Mm-hmm. So I remember the headlines. I still got the newspaper, believe it or not, bro. It says, uh, my junior year, it said, Central t- stays undefeated despite Flowers' struggle. And, I mean, it's huge. And, bro, like, I was 16 at the time. Or I think I was 15 mm-hmm. at the time, bro. Like, that was devastating. That was devastating, really, to hear, bro, and see yeah. that in the news. Everybody go read this, bro. Exactly, exactly. And the first line says, son of Nebraska, uh, running, or former Nebraska running back Leotis Flowers, and then my name. Exactly. So it was, like, a double whammy. Like, not only are y'all, like, which I wasn't playing good, so I understand. But, yeah, like, yeah. it was, like, I was so, like you said, like, you get annoyed always hearing it, bro. Exactly. And then, like, in that light, it was, like, I'm getting attached. He was great, and I'm getting attached to it in a way where I'm not living up to the expectations, bro. Mm-hmm. So I remember how damaging that was, and I had to tell my dad, like, you never pushed for that, but, like, I wanted that so bad. And it exactly. really, I'm not going to lie to you, bro, it ate me up. Mm-hmm. It ate me up, bro, a, a lot. So, you know, like you said, like not letting that outside noise and, and being good within yourself and to transition to the, that's a perfect segue into the next question is that no matter who believes in you, whether it's your mom, your dad, your, you know, you got a younger brother, you got an older brother that would led the way, you got friends, family, no matter what, there comes a point to you have to believe in yourself. And that's the mm-hmm. one of the things that we talk about on this podcast is nobody to accomplish what you accomplish. You can't just have other people believe in that's good for supplement purposes, mm-hmm. but you got to know that I'm one of them ones, bro, to accomplish the stuff that you've been able to accomplish. So can you, do you remember that moment where you felt and knew that you could play basketball at a high level? Um, If I'm being honest, uh, like, just going out through, like, my whole AU career, uh, I really kind of, when I wasn't getting offered uh, from my 15 year mm-hmm. to my 16 year, and, like, it wasn't even, like, D2s offering me mm-hmm. or nothing. So I'm just kind of at that, I was at that point, like, man, like, I don't know if I'm going to go, like, Division One, Like, you know, I don't, like, I might, like, have to go to, like, a Wayne State, like, a Carney. Like, that's where, like, my mindset was kind of going, I'll say, after my sophomore year. Shout out to them, by the way. Yeah, them, shout out to yeah. them programs, no, but keep the team. But uh, so yeah, uh, and so literally, kind of going into my um, I, after my sophomore year, uh, I kind of had a good spurt my sophomore year to at like the end of my five games, I was averaging like twenty three, and so I just knew from my sophomore year going into that summer, um, I just knew like. I knew I I was capable. I probably knew I was. I didn't know I was probably capable, but I knew just something I wanted. Like, I just knew I wanted to play Division One, and uh, I think that summer I I was coming off a really good summer, and then going into my junior year, that's when Darnell won, and like it was all even, and so Burke was really like nothing. open. Yeah, it was yeah. open season for real. Yeah, and so uh, I just think around that time, uh, just like you know, like we talk about taking it day by day process the slow grind slow grind um right. i think that's something that just uh i have to stick with um you know being a being a guard in college six foot it's, it's hard it's just hard Tough. to get offers and so uh, you can't really just dwell in like the moment and you uh not getting what you want but just keep going and achieving to where you're trying to get to 
And I think uh, after my junior year, um, when I made first team All-Metro, I think I might have made second team All-State. I really don't know. But uh, that's when I kind of knew I was like, yeah, like, I was like, I really just felt like no one could, like, really guard me. I just felt like uh, it was something that uh, I wanted to get known, not only, like, locally in, in the state, but, like, nationally. Like, I feel like I was that good put my name there nationally and then after my junior year that's when I played with I want to say oh that's when I played with uh, Anthony and Bratton, the book yeah. and them mm-hmm. and uh that was that was a tough you know that was a tough team and so uh playing with them uh obviously helped me get a lot better uh and uh you know running with them uh they made me a lot better and I just think after that kind of I just wanted to take off and kind of just be better than everyone and I think that's something that kind of still drives me Absolutely, absolutely. Like, having that moment of belief, bro, of understanding, like, man, bro, I'm like, and it ain't even in a way of, like, I wouldn't say I hate when people say be humble because we we both have humility, bro, just from the family structures that we got, to you know, and understanding that this can be taken from us and we led by God, bro. So Mm -hmm. you have a sense of humility that, like, bro, I'm thankful for and grateful for everything that I'm doing right now. But, I mean, one of the things that I understand and what, I, what I've been able to attain is, like, you got to really believe that you good at this. Like, you can mm-hmm. do it, bro. And uh, it it does, I mean, it, it's a tough thing, bro, because there's a bunch of people that, you know, especially within our community, that's crabbing a barrel, like, you know what I'm saying, in a sense of, like, they see you believing in yourself, they don't really like that. Like, you know, and I'm not here to bash them, but... Mm-hmm. It's a hard thing when you show belief in yourself. You actually put in the work because that's where the confidence comes in. You exactly. put in the work. Exactly. But certain people is like, nah, you shouldn't have that blessing, bro. Like, mm-hmm. he not really that good. Like, he not this or that. But it's a it's a tough thing to really, really know at the end of the day, bro. I got to believe in myself to get power through this, bro. Because mm-hmm. one of my things that my dad always tell me is, bro, it's only one person that lay that head on the pillow, bro. You got to be good with yourself at the end of the day. Exactly. So, that belief in yourself is really, really important. Um, in terms of, you know, one of the things we talk about on the podcast, and I want to shift gears a little bit um, as we we close this out a little bit, but one of the things we talk about on the podcast, we actually did the second, I want to say it's our second episode, so season one, episode two. Go check that out, by the way, if you haven't. I had to do a little promotion right there. Yeah. But uh, season one, episode two was the athlete identity crisis, bro. Mm-hmm. And uh, a theme of that was understanding and being able to disassociate yourself from what you do. Exactly. And that's a really, really hard thing for us athletes yeah. to do because we've invested so much time into our craft, bro. Mm-hmm. So the people that know you, Sharif, they, they know you in the sense of, bro, that's a great basketball player. What most people might not know about you is um, your dedication and your love for social work. That's actually what you got your degree in. And a couple weeks back, bro, we were talking about Ramsey. I don't think I've ever asked you, like, did his death play a role in the, you know, the career you're trying to pursue? And what are the things that led you to believe that social work was the, was the thing for you outside of the court? Mm -hmm. I'll say a thousand percent. I I think obviously the way Ramsey died, passed away. Um, rest in heaven, Ramsey Adams. But uh, yeah, I think w- uh, something like that obviously makes you uh, kind of like not think about things like basketball. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, li- this life's so real. Um, and I think there's so much people in need of in help and of support and guidance in life, and uh, you know, having a vision. And I think uh, you know, having uh, you know, kind of an experience with uh, something like like we talk about grieving. Grieving is hard. 
Um, it's not easy to get through. And, uh, you know, just going throughout my college career, uh, college is tough. I feel like uh, college, uh, like you, you just said, uh, identity crisis. I think uh, in college uh, we all kind of find the identity crisis and kind of want to, like, kind of know that meaning of life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I felt that, uh, especially after my grandmother died, I feel like that's when I really found my identity crisis. And so I, uh, after that, I really felt like social work was something for me. I felt like it was something that uh, I just wanted to help others, um, you know, whether it's emotional, um, physical, whatever, you know, mental, uh, emotional. It's just uh, being there for someone who needs it, I think, uh, is bigger than basketball. And I think having that perspective, it helps me on the court have a, uh, you know, a better uh, viewpoint for how to approach the game uh, to, you know, you know, not take it too, uh, I guess, at heart. Cause you know, when, you know, when we talk about life, life is so much deeper. And so I just Absolutely. think, uh, you know, when I think of like that, I think social work was something that was perfect for me. And I think that's something I could even tie into with uh, athletes. Absolutely. And that's, it takes a special person to like to be in this line of work. Cause you know, with psychology, like that, I had to ask you that question because the only reason I got into psychology, bro, but up until that point, bro, I thought I was going, I was just going to do what my sister was doing, which was engineering. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have no, really no purpose in terms of off the the field type of thing. Exactly. So Ramsey was so crazy, bro, is Ramsey died in December, um, com- you know, committed suicide, rest in peace, uh, God rest his soul, um, in 20, uh, December of 2016. Yep, yep. Boy, we talk about God timing and bro, like things aligning, bro. Mm-hmm. Is I had no idea what I was about to do. I'm grieving. I'm like, bro, my headspace is. I'm for both of us, all of us, really, yeah. you know, were impacted by him. But yeah. like, I remember January of 2017, I was taking an elective, and it was psychology, bro. Mm-hmm. So it was like, bro, like this was too good to be true. My, you know, our brother had died in 2016 to suicide. I'm grieving. I'm trying to figure out what what went into that. How he was feeling. How could I have been a better help? Mm-hmm. And the guilt and the shame with that, and then psychology pops up like mm-hmm. as a one of the classes I'm taking as like my last semester of high school, and that's where I like was like, oh, what, bro? Like this just aligns perfectly. So that's yeah. I wanted to let you know, bro. That, uh, that's why you know, because we are we're we're like I said, we're so in tune with our faith. We don't think that anything you know happens by accident. So I feel like a lot of the stuff that we've been through have led us to doing the things that we want to do. Um, and this part, bro. Lovely part of the um, the season is the Jordan flower segment where I give our uh, guest um, his flowers. And I think one of the things that we don't do a lot, bro, not even as men, but black man to black man, brother to brother, is to let people know how much they mean, not only to us, but, you know, to the world, bro. So I want to give you your flowers in the sense of, bro, being able to navigate all the stuff that you went through. But there's a lot of things, you know, some of the things that we touched on today, but there's a lot of, of life that you lived outside of that, bro, where mm-hmm. you've had to navigate and figure it out. And there's so many ups and downs. And and for you, bro, I've, I've watched you. We, we've grown up together. We play AAU ball together, bro. We went to middle school together, bro. I've, you know, even though I'm one year older, I felt like, you know, for, as a little brother, I'm like, bro, I got to watch you grow up, bro. Mm-hmm. And through all of it, I got to watch you mature in a way where no matter what happened to you, bro, you always stay Sharif Mitchell, bro. You never got, you know, too thrown off, bro. So I want you to know outside of, forget the basketball stuff, forget any of that, bro, person to person, bro. You've been one of my closest friends, and I want you to know you've impacted so many people's lives, bro. So I want to give you your flowers and that respect, bro. So I got one more major question for you, then. We got a couple more minutes left, so I got a couple 
couple other questions All for right, you. Bet, bet. But uh, the the season of separation, bro. I was thinking about you know the guests that gotta go on, that come on. They have to be separating themselves and elevating and in, in, in whatever respect. And for you, it's not just foot or basketball, but it's life as well. But particularly when it comes to basketball, in respect to what you're getting at, bro. What is it going to take and all that you went through, all the things that not just creating, but just in, in general, what is it going to take for you to elevate and separate yourself in this new adventure at uh, playing basketball next season at Ohio? Um, I think uh, I, I just want to say appreciate you for the flowers. Abs- bro. That's, that's much love, bro. family. Absolutely. But uh, I just want to say, uh, but yeah, I think uh, in Ohio, it's just going to be different, uh, you know, Omaha, North Omaha, like we talk about, Creighton is in North Omaha. All my family here, all my friends here. So, you know, um, going into somewhere where I only know one person, um, my boy Jalen. Shout out to Jalen. Shout out to Jalen Hunter, man. Yeah, uh, I'm playing with him. Uh, So, yeah, so I only know one person there. Uh, So it's going to be different. Uh, You know, we talk about revenge. I got to revenge myself. I got to put myself out there. Um, And I just got to be disciplined to, uh, like, the the reason why I went there. I think – you know, always tying that back into uh, the reasoning of um, why I'm doing this and uh, where I want to get out with this and uh, just being disciplined, being consistent, um, and eliminating all distractions uh, around me is what's going uh, to take to really uh, achieve what I want to achieve there. And uh, I think uh, moving out of Omaha was something that I, that was really big for me, um, making this decision because, uh, like, I've just been here my whole life outside of Sunrise, and uh, moving something different, um, growing within myself, growing uh, through the journey, experiencing new things. I think that's all going to um, build me into the person that I want to be and continue to be. And so um, I just think uh, being disciplined, um, staying staying reef, and um, like I said, giving all glory to God through the highs and lows is really, I think, what's going to take me to that next level and, uh, you know, get to where I want to get to. We going to, first off, that was, that was a perfect answer. But we gonna manifest that for you, bro, because you put in the work to get here, bro. Um, you you believed yourself here. One of the things we talk about all the time is you thought yourself to being in a position that you you had to believe and think yourself to be here. So we manifesting that you are gonna have a successful um, time at Ohio, bro. And I already know you, bro. I know you good, bro. You got a solid support system as well. So. Well, I got one really like this ain't this wasn't on the agenda, bro. All but right, since we got some time, bro. I got one question for you. Okay, but we're going basketball, so we're gonna stick on the theme of basketball. I need your I need a starting five, bro, of Omaha Hoopers. Oh starting five of Omaha Hoopers. Now I'm gonna disclaim this because you know, you thinking about hundreds of hoopers, bro. Yeah. But I'm saying Sharif's, it don't have to be necessarily best, but like the people that either you molded your game after or, like, was influential to you or anything. Mm-hmm. Yo, top Omaha Hoopers, bro, and let's start at point guard. All right, if we're going to start at point guard. Ooh. You can pick yourself, by the way. That's tough. I was tough, though. But, um, I ain't going to go me just because. No, bro, yeah. Good. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. Uh, go, yeah, write that down. Sharif Mitchell my, at the one. I did my thing. Yeah, uh, for sure. I say at two, I have to say. Josh, Josh Jones. Jones, oh, central legend, Josh, by the way. Josh was. Shout out to Josh, that's big bro. Yeah, Josh that's Jones. really big bro. Yeah, I really used to watch Josh, and 
He was he was a different he one was, of them ones, bro. Left really hand was. sniper, bro. Creighton legend, by the way. He well. really was. Yes. Uh, I feel like I'm being biased, but Taz. You ain't being biased. Taz is. <laughs> hey, Taz uh, is really tough. Yeah, Taz was really different. Uh, tough. So Taz is a three. Kyrie Thomas for the yeah, people. Kyrie that, Thomas. Yeah. At the four. Ooh. At the four, I can't even think. Think four. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to think of some four. Oh, I might. I might have to put a uh, Trey Sean. Trey Sean, another Omar Central. Trey Sean. Trey Sean was a beast. Beast. For and sure. then I got put. See, this one tough because it's either gonna be between JP or Koi. Oh, that's a coin toss, bro. You, who you gonna who you gonna go with, bro? Who you gonna go with, man? Oh, man, I don't know, man. JP was different. different. I, I, I vividly remember playing JP, and he he violated us. Uh, High school? I, yeah. My freshman year, it was a senior year. He was. Who did y'all have at center that year? Juan. Oh, he was. Shout out to our boy, by the way. <laughs> hey, bro, there ain't nothing you can do. No, but no, he was no, a, fact. He, he was could, a lottery no. pick, by yeah, the way. Yeah, Let me yeah, put that yeah, out yeah, there, bro. Yeah, so yeah, he was an NBA yeah, lottery JP pick. He was very different, but. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have to say JP. JP. So you got you, Josh Jones, Taz, uh, Trey Sean, and JP. Yeah. Justin Patton. It's a good f- five. Top five, bro. I gotta give me a top five, yeah, I bro. Got, I gotta hear yours now. Oh, I'm gonna be. You know, I'm gonna be biased, bro. Cause I'm. You know, I gotta rock with my Eagles. One shout out to all my Eagles out there. You had two for Eagles. Sure. You had for two sure. Eagles yeah, on my for list, sure. bro. So at the point. Ooh. At the point. I'm trying to think who I would have at the point, bro. I would I'm cool with uh he didn't play point guard, but he was a great distributor. I mean, I guess you could say he was a combo guard, but I'm gonna go Tradeon. I was thinking about Tradeon, yeah, Tradeon. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna go Tradeon at the point, bro. Yeah. Locks, yeah. straight clamps, yeah. bro. I actually got a funny story with Tradeon, bro, because Bro, like, bro, he, yeah, he used to hound us. I'm like, bro, I'm like, bro, I don't even want to play around you. <laughs> hey, if you, if he was guarding you, bro, you like just gonna yeah, get no facts ball, though. Bro. No, that's really he made open gyms not fun, bro. <laughs> I'm like, bro, I can't even do nothing, bro. Let <laughs> me pass with the hey, ball. I, I, it, most of these people are gonna probably be from Central, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you, but I mean, let's go two, two. Ooh, that's a tough one, man. It's oh, a lot of tough twos. Tough twos. I can go like a Jalen Bradley. I can go Norfolk. I could go that. You know who I was low key thinking of uh, besides uh, Josh was Devrell. Oh yeah, my fault. Let's just do a central starting vibe then for me. Dev- Devrell. Let's go Devrell Bears at the two. I'm gonna go. Let's just make it a central starting five, bro. I'm gonna be too biased. Yeah, <laughs> All right, so I got Tradion at the one. I got Devrell at the two. By the way, all went to Omaha Central, so we're going to try the three. He didn't play the three probably in college, but, again, he like a combo guard. Who I molded my game after, bro, and, like, he was just so influential for me is KJ. I, I was figuring he was going to say KJ, yeah. Bro, KJ Scott, bro, played at Texas Southern. Like, actually, bro, went off against North Carolina yeah. My, uh, yeah. in the tournament, yeah. bro. Bro, KJ was one of them ones, and just the whole aura around our central team, bro. And I'll get into that after yeah. that. But let's go yeah. four. Uh, gotta go Trey Sean. Got to. Gotta go Trey Sean, uh, for sure. And then five, I mean, gotta go Koi. Gotta go to Koi. So yeah. I pretty much picked that. 
Yeah. <laughs> the whole four in a row team, bro. Did, did they play together too? Yeah, they all of them play together. Bro. That's crazy. Bro. I can't. I mean, I could throw Josh in there, but I know you. I. I mean, yeah. he would have been in there for me. Yeah. I'm trying to think of any other that I probably. I probably missed out on a couple. I mean. Nick was cold. He came off the bench. That yeah, year. I gotta give my flowers to my uh, our boy Gook. A Gook, oh my goodness, yeah, bro! San Gook. Diego State, man. And what, what he did at South, bro, was he terrorizes. Us. I want to say he went for like twenty five and like fifteen against us. Did he went two back to back. Did he win his senior year or no? No, Norfolk won. Norfolk, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was so hot. Shout out to my boy Logan Strong. Yeah. <laughs> But bro, we have bro, we have beat them two bro two games or right before districts, bro. We had mm-hmm. beat them by like twenty, bro. Yeah. And then to watch them, I'm not gonna talk about why we didn't get to or we made it to state, but why we lost, it was my fault. But we <laughs> gonna talk about why we lost. But but I was like when they won, obviously remember Ed got hurt. I do remember. I vividly yeah, remember got that, hurt. Bro. So I thought Papio was gonna win, bro. Mm-hmm. Papio, him and Io. Shout out to Is my it, boy Io yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, bro, that like that was he was one of them ones, bro. So yeah, that would be my starting five, bro. Maybe, and I was just talking to somebody the other day too. Like I'm like, bro, if they ever make a, a central film, mm-hmm. like in terms of like what that four in a row team, yeah, bro. And by the way, shout out to all you guys because you know the Trayshons, the all them, because Trayshons, Tradeon, DeAndre, I forgot about DeAndre, yeah. Nick Billingsley, all the people like Akoy, all them. Because my freshman year, we was going for five, and we fucked it up, bro. (laughs) (laughs) And we messed it up, bro. Barron's was like, oh, man. It was so much pressure on them, bro. By the way, I think the greatest Omaha coach. Oh, a thousand. I agree. Yeah, for sure. But if they ever make a film of that four in a row team, bro, because, like, the aura around them, bro, like, the girly socks, bro, what we was wearing. Yeah, didn't they have, like, the hair, blonde blonde hair, bro? Blonde hair, bro. But it was a whole movement. I'm like, bro, we got to start giving them eight flowers, bro, because yeah. every one of us, as we was young, exactly, bro, we wanted to, we wanted to do that, bro. We was when we was hoping we was wearing the funny socks and all that stuff, rolled bro. up shorts, yeah, bro, facts. like, bro, like with the patch, like the blonde patch, bro. bro I remember come that. On, bro. Like, and then on top of that, bro, they winning. Exactly, bro. Bro, they winning and doing this, bro. Like, so it ain't like nobody could say nothing. Like, yeah, bro, be uh. O'Kill. Exactly. Yeah. Beat yeah. that that uh my eighth grade year and then our next year we beat Denver East, bro. So if they ever make a film on that, bro, I'm gonna put that I gotta put my name in there. No. I gotta be one of the interviews on there, bro. I want them <laughs> to know how special that team was to me. Fact. But we wanna pre- we appreciate you so much for coming on, bro. Um it's been a pleasure, bro. Our friendship has grown tremendously. But more than anything, bro, like again with this season, I thought you was one of the perfect candidates. For being on the season, so we appreciate the times, bro. Thank you, boss. Yes, I indeed. appreciate you having me, brother. Yes, indeed, yes, bro. Sir, man. You all set, bro. You good? You can move that out. He'll come in here. Yeah.